Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Very impactful topic today that we're going to talk about. And for many of us, I think we we ask this question from time to time. And that's a question relating to your faith. What is faith? Have you lost your faith? We're going to dig deeper into that. And this is for anybody in need of spiritual guidance and even support on your journey. I have found somebody that is amazing with that. And she is quite clearly a spiritual director in Pasadena, California. And she is Dr. Leslie Backhart, you know, and she's with us. Welcome back, Leslie. How are you doing? Fine. How are you, Steve? I I want to... Um, clarify what I said. It's the Reverend Dr. Leslie, correct? Yes, but I don't really live on my honorifics, so Leslie's just fine. Ah, beautiful. Well, Leslie, today we're talking about your faith and how people define faith and what it is and if you've lost your faith. Mm -hmm. What do you hear from people? Well, you know, what's your view of faith and what do others think faith really is to them? Well, uh, faith is not intellectually believing in a set of theological propositions. It's more a relaxing in the love and presence of the divine, just the way we relax in the presence of someone we're we're certain loves us. And when we're in the presence of someone we are certain loves us, we're more spontaneous, softer, and less defended. So being known and loved and forgiven in our true form by our true God can quench our spiritual thirst in a way that nothing else really can. Um, So faith is a conviction, but it's not an intellectual belief. A conviction, but not an intellectual. Intellectual belief. So I'm trying to apply that to where we might think it is. You know, obviously, the number one thing people would equate faith with religion, right? Right, right. And that's unfortunate because faith is a personal relationship with the divine, and religion is is a community, a set of traditions, a set of moralisms that people may or may not subscribe to. But faith is bigger than religion. So you may ascribe to a religion and have faith, or you may not ascribe to a religion and have faith. Faith is really the conviction that the divine is present. And if I had to locate it in the body, I would say our anxiety and sense of loss is up in our neck and our shoulder, and our faith in God is in the gut. I love that, and I want to make sure we all heard it really clear. Can you give it to us one more time? Well, I think our anxiety, our day-to-day troubles, um, our fears are located up in the neck and shoulders. This is why a lot of people have very tight necks and shoulders. Hmm. Um, But our faith is located in the gut. Interesting that you say that, because a lot of people might say that when I'm going with my gut, I'm going with God. Exactly right. Hmm. Exactly right. I think we need to pay attention to those intuitions, um, because our intuitions about God may be individual, but they're always right. Do you do you truly feel that it comes, any anything that comes out of you, your gut feeling, your intuition, whatever it might be, that that is from the divine? 
Yes, I do. So long as it's not tinged with self-centeredness or, you know, motivations to protect myself or, you know, self-conscious fears about feeling threatened, so long as my motives are good and my intention is good, then yes, I think it's from God. So let's flip it around the other way. Let's say somebody has some not such great intentions and they have a gut feeling that they should follow through with that. If if it's not coming from divine, it's coming from them at that point? Yes, I think so. Then it's coming from them. Anything that we do that serves us uh, in um, as compared to other people, anything that we take from other people, anything that we do that preserves the self against fear and anxiety and self-righteousness, anything that we do that serves our spiritual pride, that we're better than other people, we're unique, um, anything like that is um, an intention that's going to get in the way of that gut feeling that is right. What do you say to people, and honestly, I've heard this a lot recently, and maybe it's because of things happening around the world, maybe it's because, maybe post-COVID, when people say, I've lost my faith, I just, I, I, it's gone. I don't know where to find it. I don't know where to go with that. What's your, what's your thought on that? Well, I think that those are people whose faith really was a set of intellectual or theological um, beliefs a set of theological propositions, because things don't always make sense. You know, things like grief, for example, that's, that's evidence of chaos. It makes no sense. Things that fall apart make no sense. We cannot understand them with our head. We can feel them in our heart and our gut. We can feel God's presence. So... God never told us we wouldn't suffer. God just said, I will be with you in that suffering. Hmm. Because <laughs> that makes perfect sense when somebody says, how could God let this happen? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, there, that's a whole area of theology called theodicy. If God is good and God is omnipotent, then why do bad things happen? And theologians have been discussing this since, just about the 11th century. Um, and there's really very few terribly satisfying answers to that question. So I step away from that question, which is really an intellectual proposition. That's where we're talking about mentally trying to figure things out. But our limitations intellectually keep us in the wrong question. And when you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong answers. Can you give an example of a situation? It can be completely hypothetical uh, where somebody might ask the wrong question, get the wrong answer. I think if somebody asked, for example, why did my mother die? Okay. Um, you know, what was the reason for that? There is no reason that we can logic our way into. Something like that that's catastrophic is chaotic. It makes no sense. It's out of the order of things. So we can't use our intellect to figure out an answer. We're asking the wrong question. The question is not why. The question is where is God? Again, uh, double-checking, the question is what? The 
question is not why. The question is, where is God? Where is God in that situation? Yes. Okay. Yes. As a hospice chaplain, I had many, many people who asked me to pray for physical healing. And I'm happy to do that. But my admonition to them was always this. Sometimes you pray so hard for the miracle you think you want that you miss all the other miracles along the way. It's an interesting thought because you're fixated on something. Right. And I think that's part of the problem with a lot of prayer when we're so directed at an outcome that we desire. We miss things on either side of the road because the path towards the divine is not a straight path. It's always winding. It's like a winding river. And the trick is to keep your eyes open and your heart open and your ears open to what's happening on the other side of the path because God is a God of surprises. God always surprises us. Well, you might be on that river and there could be impactful things floating by you on the river mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. be clues could be could be lessons could be information could be inspiration you didn't see it because you were looking ahead thinking you know i needed to get maybe to that part of the river or i'm just trying to figure out how i got on this river in the first place right exactly and my my uh advice is always to pay attention because nothing no event no encounter with another person is without meaning. There's, in my mind, there's no such thing as coincidence. There is only synchronicity, which is coincidence with meaning. In other words, there, is, there are no coincidences. Things are happening for a reason. I believe that's true. It may be a reason that we cannot intellectually understand, but there are little clues along the path, and we need to be very aware of the encounters, the events in our life, because they're there for a reason, and they give us clues as to where our fundamental direction is. Are we fundamentally going toward the divine, or are we fundamentally going away? And I'm a firm believer in that, just what you said there, that things happen for a reason. We might not know the plan where it's a part of the plan. Hopefully we'll find out before we leave this earth. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if there's another side, we'll, we'll know it over there, whatever it might be. But we have to take heart in, in realizing that it, it's, it's happening for you. It's not happening to you. Yes, and we generally see most things like that in hindsight. We may not see it at the time, but let it rest in your soul for a month, six months, a year. And then look back, and you'll see where God is. Hmm. It's, you know, I think the biggest challenge is having the patience, Leslie, to do that. Because sometimes we're in a, you know, I call it the Amazon world. You want everything right now. Give it to me now. Press a button on your phone, and it's delivered potentially in four hours. So we want instant, call it gratification, but the universe doesn't work that way. No, the universe really doesn't. And... You know, I really do not believe in outcomes and spiritual direction. I do not believe in having a goal. Um, I'll give a, a proviso to that in a second. But if you have a goal 
your whole intent is set so great and narrow on that goal. That may not be the goal that is for the best. Mm. It may be something on the side. And as I said, God is full of surprises. The way I view the spiritual life is like a hurricane. So at the top of the water are the waves and the chaos and the destruction and the wind. But if you dive down 100 feet, there's perfect peace. So what I want my directees to understand is all those anxieties and fears of everyday life are not the truth. The truth is what's deep down. And we tend to believe everything at the surface. We tend to believe our anxieties are true, our fears are true, all these things are true. Well, they're not true. What is true is that deep down beneath. And what I, my only goal for people is that they get in touch with that depth and that they be able to touch it at will. So no matter what's going on in everyday life, no matter how things are falling apart, you can dive down to that place of peace. How do you get there reliably, Leslie, that that inner peace? How do you find it? You allow it. You find it. You allow it. So we don't um, grow ourselves in the spiritual life. It's much more a matter of allowing and surrender. Because if we could do it ourselves, we would have done it already. And we can't. We're not in control. But it's a matter of allowing. And this is where you get into the difference between faith and trust. Faith is a conviction in the gut that there is something greater. Trust knows that thing, that entity, that person is beneficent, benevolent, good, has a parental concern for us, and wants the best for us. That's the difference between faith and trust. A lot of people have faith, but not everybody has trust. Hmm. And if you're going to allow God to work, then you have to trust. And I've heard this said before, and it's almost a cliche, but you have to trust the process? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You do have to trust the process. You really do. And, you know, messages come to us in various ways. I mean, in the Hebrew and Christian scriptures, uh, dreams are often important. So I think dreams are important. Um, you know, uh, intuitive senses, um, being struck by something in nature, being struck with the bond with your child. There are all sorts of things that are sort of clues. And if you look at them for what they are and you accept them, then you're on the right path. Because everyday life is not separate from the spiritual life. The spiritual life is everyday life, but with meaning. Again, it goes back to faith. You know, you want to, ha- you want to feel that, but if you don't have that faith, or if you, maybe you've lost your way, in terms of the faith, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to feel that way. It is, but it's not a matter of feeling. You know, feelings are sentiments. They're neither good nor bad in and of themselves. They're really not the truth. They're just feelings. We are not our feelings. We are different. We have feelings, but we are not our feelings. So you may feel that God is absent. You may feel that God is Punitive. But if you start looking around at where the connections are, the meanings are, you'll understand again in your gut 
that something is present that transcends you. Is it that... that feeling, yeah, feelings I mean, are not always reliable. And feelings are maybe emotions too. So you're you're reacting to things around your environment, but it's not it's not true unless it's coming from your gut and you have that feeling. When what do you feel, Leslie? Everybody has a different feeling in their gut uh, when it comes to making a decision, going in a certain direction. What do you What do you get? What do you feel? Um, I feel a sense of peace and calm. Mm. When I have touched the truth, when I dive down beyond my everyday anxieties, worries, agitations, self-centered fear, you know, all those things, where I look for anesthetics, you know, all those everyday pains, if I can see them for what they are, they are not the truth of things. They're the top of the hurricane. The truth is deep down inside. And when I make a decision, it's usually because God has put something in my path I did not think about before it appeared. You know, as I said, I think God is a God of surprises. And when I'm going fundamentally in a direction towards what transcends me, then I have a sense of peace. But I wouldn't call it a feeling. A sense of peace is overwhelming and joy. And joy is glorious and out of bounds and huge and wonderful. That's beyond a feeling, too. I know what you're talking about because I experienced it from time to time, even recently, where I was going through a, a bit of a, a challenge and I had to make some decisions and I got this sense of peace and calm where I mm-hmm. should have been in, in, like, if you will, freak mode. <laughs> and I. I guess that was, I guess that was the divine saying, "Hey, yeah, it, it's okay. I, I got you. It's going to be all right." Um, how do you search for those answers? Let's say you know you you want a direction. You want to go. You want the direction to go in. Mm-hmm. How do you, I don't well, think a lot of people know how to pray. Well, prayer is is really a matter of God praying and us. I mean, Paul is very clear about this in the Christian scriptures. We don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit prays in us with groanings of the heart. I think prayer is God praying in us. It's like a flow of energy around us. It's always there. It's like standing at the edge of a river, and sometimes we put our foot in, and sometimes we take our But the prayer is always there. It's always going on. It is exactly what the grace is. And the grace is the free gift of the transcendent and the divine. And prayer is an aspect of grace, the energetic aspect of grace. You so are praying for an intention. Once again, you know, that's fine. And I send up my fair share of, oh, help me prayers. But... I also take them with a grain of salt, and I know what I'm doing. Praying for a particular outcome is a problem because, again, you're so narrowly focused on that that you miss all the meaning on either side. We cannot set our own direction. We have to allow. So my function as a spiritual director, I'm like a flashlight. You already have the map and, and uh, you know, a map, a 
a blueprint of your spiritual life. I'm just there as the flashlight to point out the obstacles and the gifts along the way. Leslie, are you saying that when you do pray, that it's all in the way you phrase the prayer or what you're asking for? Like you just said, and I'm totally on board with what you said, you narrow yourself down by asking for a certain outcome instead of maybe asking for guidance in that situation. Mm -hmm. Right, and the guidance is always there. So prayer is not changing God's mind. Prayer is changing us. Mm. The guidance is always there. The, The gift is always there. It's just that we don't see it. And as people pray, as they advance in the spiritual life, they find that words drop away, that the petitionary prayers drop away. And what is left is a sense of union, of oneness with the divine. So I would encourage people, when they feel the words are failing them, just to let them go. Just let them go. Like feathers in the wind, just open your hands and let them go. Because the real prayer, the real point of identification with God is in silence and there are no words. Words are like, to use the Zen example, we words are like the finger pointing at the moon. And what we tend to look at is the finger and miss the moon. The words are not that important. And at some point they fail us. And that has to be okay. This is when a lot of people come to me because they're used to words and petitionary prayers. You know, this is what they think prayer is. But they find it changing and they're uncomfortable and they don't know why. So they come to me. Mm. And I can help them let go of those words and ideas and conceptions. It's wonderful that you are there helping people along with this because you can go to whatever faith you have, whatever religion you have, you know, a clergy member, whatever. Um, you take it from a different direction and you you take the time to work with somebody in a uh, in the spiritual direction. So that's fantastic. If somebody wants to start that journey, they have questions, they've lost their faith, uh, they can find you at Progressive Spiritual Care com is and schedule a consultation, right? Absolutely, and the consultation is free. And I don't do just a five-minute consultation. We actually have a conversation about what the person wants out of spiritual direction. If they don't know what it is, I can I can tell them, you know, where my point of contact will be in their spiritual life. So it's not just quick and over with. I actually do spend time with people in consultation. That's wonderful. Uh, you've opened my eyes up to a lot. You've confirmed some things as well for me and I think many others. And even at the at the, the very elementary level that there is someone who is a spiritual director available online, over the phone, in person, whatever it might be. So yeah, go to the website, progressivespiritualcare.com. Leslie, it was fabulous talking with you and uh I guess if we take anything away today is have faith and go with your gut. Trust your gut because yeah. it's 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 more than just you. You're being guided divinely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I look forward to talking again sometime soon. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much, Leslie. 
Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouthful, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.